Pussy, pussy, it's gonna be a good one today. Yes, I'm talking about a clit talk, clit talk, clit talk. Talking about a clit talk, clit talk, clit talk. Come on, girls and boys and everyone on the gender rainbow, bring your pussies to the show. Hey, Clitorati, welcome back. Last week, we got real about dating apps, the good, the bad, and the weird. Listen to our second half of that conversation right now. Okay, so I feel like my hypothesis of agriculturalism sparking these things on social media is true. because I I have to give this. I don't know what that means. So agriculturalism. So if you listen to the show, Jeremy. Um, I do. I still don't know what it means. <laughs> exactly. You we can't. haven't aired the episodes <laughs> that explain what agriculturalism well, is. You and can't also, blame you me for not knowing something you haven't put publicly out there yet. <laughs> you could read Sex at Dawn and still by the end of I it have. still not know what yeah, agriculturalism know. really Agriculturalism <laughs> was when, so there were, community living where the property was not owned. The property was everyone's. Mm -hmm. They shared sexual partners. They shared everything. Mm -hmm. And then when agriculturalism came in, that's when people started saying, I own this land. Okay. No, I understand what you mean. No, I just had not heard it called that. I get it. And with that, with I own this land was also... I own this woman. this woman. I own these animals. Yeah, it was it, so your hypothesis or your assertion is that like the rise of the agricultural revolution like led to the whole patrilineal structure of legal society, right? Like mm-hmm. people own things and then they really give a shit about lineage, so they have to hand things down to their firstborn son and then they have to own the woman and the the property and yeah. et, cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, it's that, like this land is my land, so is this woman. <laughs> well, well, also and also that it led to a self-absorbed culture where, where this it's very is about mine. yeah, it's about agriculturalism gave birth to individualism, and individualism is absolutely what has given birth to the duck lip selfie that you hate so much. Exactly. I think it's a bit of a bridge too far, but. Let's agree to disagree. I mean, this is where my brain went to. <laughs> you so. think if we were still living in tribal society, we would have these bullshit apps? I don't think we would have phones if we lived in tribal society. <laughs> exactly. Honestly, so then no, no, you but, do agree Well, here's, here's the, the count. No, you know, I, we could spend a bunch of time debating this, no, but like, do it. you want to? Okay, fine. Yeah, go but for like, it. We live in, you're saying this because we live in a highly individualistic uh, culture in the United States, which is the most individualistic culture in the world. Right. That's very American of you to say, by the way, that we are the best at being no, individuals. No, not the best. <laughs> we're just the most individually oriented. There are other cultures that are extremely collectively oriented. Many of them are, are in Asia, right? So there are plenty of examples of cultures that have loads of smartphones and technology and everything like that that are extremely collectively oriented, not individually oriented. So I'm just, that's the link that's missing for me here. Yeah, but agriculturism brings in the need for capitalistic society. Like now there is individualism. People make their own money. People are selling things. um, And then you have competition. And as, you know what I mean? Like businesses started growing, competing with each other. Then you get different types of businesses and then a bunch of similar types of business competing with each other. And then you have, you know, Mark Zuckerberg, you know, partially stole, you know, the idea for Facebook. And we have the rise of social media post MySpace and... I mean, that's a big leap, but I just think capitalism allowed for healthy competition where things like social media could get created. So this will be a really good inquiry for me when I go home and smoke a joint with my roommates. This will be like our like topic. We'll, we'll, like, we'll go real deep <laughs> I swear, this. I wasn't high when I thought of this. <laughs> I, 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 I just, I can't sit here anymore and I have a really embarrassing confession to make. 
I really, I think my main picture on my dating profile is a duck lip selfie. <laughs> I oh, knew it. No. It's, I it's, knew it. I'm a catfish. It's not a catfish. Let me see it. Let me see it. Is it? Is it? Is this? No, you're fine. Really? Oh, thank God! It looks, it, it but I can tell like you did lips. like do some little bit of Photoshop. There's on a this. filter on it. Yeah, but you did. You did no some Photoshop. filter, but it's just yeah. a good angle. I have to say, I'm actually a fan of social media, and there are a couple reasons why. First of all, it's here to stay, so you know we got to accept what we got to accept. And there's good and bad in everything. It depends on the intention and how you use it. But social media has allowed us to connect in ways we've never been able to connect across countries and across the other side of the world. And we get to learn what's happening in terms of political things in other countries that inspire us and we inspire them. And we just have more knowledge of what's happening in the world and how we can inform ourselves. And that's how we decide who we're going to vote for. I think it's allowed a tremendous opportunity to be your own boss too. So you can cut out corporates I think it's given us tremendous freedom as long as we're using it. And that's the same thing with apps. If you're using it with the right intention and you're not out there to hurt anybody and you want to be as authentic as you can, and that's what you're going to reflect, that's what you're going to get back. Mm. Tamako always drops the knowledge. I know. Thank and I you do, so much. I totally agree with everything you just said. And I do find social media to be work. I find it to be draining. And being in front of screens like this, it actually does drain your adrenal glands, which makes you fatigued and tired. Mm-hmm. So um, I would just want to know if you could wave a magic wand and go back to a time when you connected with your community only face-to-face instead of on Facebook, would you want to do that? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, I do I do think back on like when I was in middle school. This was before cell phones, right? And you would call your friends on the payphone and you had all your friends' phone numbers memorized. Ah, is Rachel there? You know, yeah, I know you don't remember sugar, but we do. Um. <laughs> there was a time. There was a time we phones. used payphones. Um, I think there was dinosaurs I think and stuff. Don't I worry think, about it. I think there's pros and cons to both because I've had really extraordinary experiences on social media where I've connected with people from my past, which I never would have done. And I get to like see what people I went to high school, I get to like keep tabs on people, which is really cool. But then there's also this like shadow side to it where it's like you're looking at people's like Instagram life and you think that's their real life or you're cyber stalking your ex, which I'm not doing actually. Um, but like I have in the past, like with past relationships where you like you see them and they post a picture and you fucking overanalyze and you're like, oh my God, they're, they're married. Like whatever. It's a fuck it. Like that's stupid. That's not their real life. Who knows what the fuck is happening? And it doesn't matter because they're not in your life anymore. So it's like, I think social media can be used for good or evil. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I think the Photoshopping and everything creates a really distorted image, I think, especially for, I think about my niece, who's 18. Gorgeous, by the way. And has been cyberbullied. She was actually, this guy, you know, she was sending nude photos of herself which she shouldn't have been doing, for God's sakes, people, if you're going to do it. But don't put your face in it. And um, this guy basically blackmailed her. Well, that's one thing that I did want to talk about, um, bringing a child into this world of social media, because suicide rates have gone up 50% since yeah. social media came up. And it is because of the cyberbullying. And young people. And young people, mm-hmm. especially young women, mm-hmm. because of the bullying. Like if you post something and you don't get 
likes or no one comments. It's just like another layer of bullying. And I do worry about that. And I've also had like family fights on Facebook, which made holidays very awkward where I don't really use Facebook anymore because of it. So I Mm -hmm. use Instagram because I need to for my work and because part of me does enjoy connecting with people. But I think if I'm really looking at the overall scope of the impact that it's had on it, I I could do without it. Mm -hmm. I've I've worked in social media since 2007. And um, that was right as Facebook was becoming a thing for people who weren't in college. And um, I have come, I think I've used Facebook for more hours than most people have because I use it in my work. And so I came to hate it a lot sooner than most people did. Um, And I don't spend very much time on it. And I feel like I've really seen the dark underbelly with the whole advertising pay-to-play thing, even for nonprofits. They're having those nonprofits pay to be delivered to their own fans. So Anyways, with all of this kind of disdain for this particular social media app, just listening to this conversation, I just realized that back in 2013, I went to a festival and I met this guy face to face. We ended up dancing together and then he, you know, his friend was leaving so he had to go with him and we hugged goodbye and there was so much incredible energy in this hug. It was visceral, like it was palpable. I could feel the strong energy and so I was thinking about him about a week later and all I knew was his first name and it was spelled in an unusual way. So I Google imaged him, found him, found his name and sent him a message on Facebook and we ended up meeting to have tea. That turned into a seven-year friendship, and that's now the man that I live with and oh, is wow. the love of my that's life. How you met him? Yeah. Oh my god, that's so, so good. It, just to Tamako's point, you know, it's it's all the good things and all the bad things, and it's the intention and how we use it, and you know, we can bring light to any tool on earth, and I think. To your point, Katie, you know, about the adrenal gland, um, you know, taxing our adrenal glands through it. And I think it's that's everything in moderation, mm-hmm. you know, just like anything else, water or food or anything. You don't want to have too much of sex. You don't want to have too much of it or it takes away the value of of the thing, so. Hey there, Clitorati, it's Katie. So you all know I'm a nurse and Clit Talk for me is a health conversation. I really wanna take a minute to share a product with you that has made a huge difference in my life. Foria Wellness Awaken CBD Lubricant. Remember that. I use it multiple times per week, and this is coming from the woman who never used to masturbate. Not only has it enhanced my new masturbation lifestyle, it's eased the pain I used to have during sex, and my husband is super happy because our bedroom play is so much more fun. So, I personally reached out to Foria Wellness to see if they would partner with Clit Talk, and they were an overwhelming yes. So now, you can get a discount on their fabulous products by going to our brand new pleasure store at clittalkshow.com. All their products are there, and if you're interested in trying them out for yourself, use the discount code CLITTALK10 for 10% off your purchase. I can't recommend them enough, so do yourself a favor and get your pussy high. Clit Talk is now on Patreon. Woohoo! If you're a fan of our show and get value out of our podcast, please consider becoming a patron. There are so many ways we would love to expand the Clit Talk Fempire, like hosting community events, creating inspirational videos, and who knows, maybe even someday go on tour. 
Patreon is a monthly subscription-based crowdfunding platform. In exchange for your support, we're going to offer you some super sexy VIP experiences. Like we promise you'll have an orgasm every day for the rest of your life. Um, no, sure. We can't promise them that. But we can promise exclusive behind-the-scenes content, private Patreon-only discussion groups, live monthly calls with our cast, and then some. Go to our website, clittalkshow.com, for more information. And I want to tell you, Lindsay, now that you're just getting on it, there's something Mm -hmm. you can do in terms of safety. Mm. So when I do receive a phone number from someone or I give someone my phone number and we move on to text, you can take the number and put it in your Google search. And sometimes if they're online, you can see who they are. Because a lot of times people won't give up their last names for Mm. more anonymity until you've actually met. But there are ways. You can find out where they graduated college. You could ask them what kind of industry they're in. And you can do a background check your own so that before you go out, you kind of know who the person is sometimes, so you feel a little safer. I think everyone should do a little background check because it's still a stranger. You're meeting up with a stranger. We have millions and millions and millions of people here in Los Angeles, and there's a good percentage that are crazy. Mm-hmm. That's true. So you have to do, and always you have to meet protect up in a public yourself. place for God's sake, mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What if we want to get back to like connecting with people outside of cyberspace? Like, how do we find the balance between? And I know Jeremy, you just actually recently did a whole entire social media cleanse, and you have a lot of thoughts on like the how to really strike the balance. We, we talked about that everything in moderation. How do you strike the balance, especially in in terms of like connection and dating? Like, what's how how do you do that? I think it's a, I think it's a really important conversation. I think you guys have already hit on a lot of the the key points, right? Like intentionality, um, really thinking about how do you you know how do you use this thing and what do you use it for? I think that's that's really most of it. Um, I think something. So just to give the backstory, uh, I I read a book that uh, was really powerful for me from one of my favorite authors. Highly recommend it if you are at all resonating with the topic we're discussing right now about like social media overload and technology overload. Uh, I definitely was. I work in the technology sector. I'm around technology all the time. Like it, it was just too much, right? And so um, the book I read is a fantastic book called Digital Minimalism by a guy named Cal Newport. I highly recommend it. Um, it, is, it is exactly about this topic. Um, so he does a far better job than, than I can because he wrote the book. Um, but I think the key point, what I, my experience was that uh, he suggests a thing in there called the, uh, it's not a detox, what's he called? A digital declutter. Yeah. And the idea is that you, you kind of take a survey of all the stuff you use that's, that's, um, that's optional, all the technology you use that's optional. And, you know, obviously that's going to be a little bit different for different people. Like, so maybe you need, maybe you work in social media and you need to use, you know, Instagram for part of the day or whatever. So, you know, there's ways of adjusting this for your real circumstances, but then you, you basically take a 30 day break from all optional technology. Wow. And I, I, have, I, I did this and actually turned into over, over a two-month break. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I can tell you uh, my own experience, and then I've read a bunch of other people who went through this same thing. Within about four days or so, maybe five, you, you, just, you stop caring. Wow. You, you don't even miss it. It turns out the real, the, the far and away, the most common experience, the, most, the, the actual struggle that people have is not leaving the apps, not leaving Facebook, whatever. It's that once they suddenly stop mindlessly scrolling through screens for hours on end every day, they discover all this space in their life that's fucking empty. Wow. And that is scary. 
when you go, oh, fuck, I don't have any real friendships because all the shit I've been doing has been on Facebook and I haven't seen any of those people in four fucking years. Mm. Where are my real friends? Mm. That's scary. That is scary. And I, I had that moment. Not, not to that extreme yeah. example, but I, I literally saw, I was like, wow, one of my best friends lives 13 minutes from me and I see him once every like five months. Like one of my best friends, we've been like close buddies for like 15 years. I was like, fuck that. Yeah. Right? Like, and so that, I just started thinking about it, like all the relationships that truly matter to me deeply in my life, how much those relationships had atrophied because of not just technology, but like work and all these, all these sorts of things. But it's really, it was sort of restoring an intentionality to balance. And the idea is take away all this stuff that doesn't really matter. And then you learn to like actually bring things back into your life, whatever that might be. You know, I started playing music again. That was mm-hmm. really exciting. Starting a podcast, got in better shape, like all sorts of things happened in a really short period of time. And then at the end of that time, you say, okay, my 30 days, or whatever is up. It's been great. I've made all this progress. And then you actually, from a really intentional, grounded place, you can make intentional choices about what you're going to bring back into your life, how and for what purpose. Digital pussification. Digital pussification. There's an app right now that I learned that you can take the newsfeed portion out of your Facebook so that you can just see Mm. friends and family and you can take it out. There are apps now that you can. So maybe instead of going cold turkey the way Jeremy has, maybe you can kind of go slowly and first start there and maybe, uh, uh, you know, delete one app, you know, little by little and then see if you can get there. I like that idea. My friends uh, started this. I think uh, the chosen people out there will really love this. So my friends started a um, tech Shabbat. So on Friday night at sundown, no more phones, laptops, iPads, television. They, They still use music, but other than that... They are free of that and until um, sundown on Saturday night. And so what they started doing was having Friday night dinners where they invite all their friends, people play music together, people hang out together. We walked to the beach together. It was such an incredible experience. And now people, it took us a couple weeks to get it, the friends in this group. But then once we got it, we were like, oh yeah, they're just not available. I texted them, you know, on Friday and I still haven't heard back. Oh yeah, they're doing that tech-free Shabbat thing. And so my friend that's doing this, um, the guy, he was saying, yeah, you know what? When Saturday night comes, it's not even like I want to grab my phone and go look at all my stuff. Sometimes it's not till Sunday night or Monday morning when I really check back in and say, okay, what do I, what's here that I I didn't need to know? I mean, however you do it, I think the point is like, get off your screens and get into your life. Yes. There's also uh, settings on your phone where it will alert you for how long you've been on Instagram. Like I have alerts on my phone. If I've been on for longer than 30 minutes a day, Is it alerts app? me. No, it's no, built in. It's built into an iPhone. Yeah, it's called a screen time in mm-hmm. iOS in your iPhone settings. In the settings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. It's really helpful if you work on social media and manage social media because then you can be like, okay, I hit my quota of time for the day. But mm-hmm. <laughs> Other than that. Mm-hmm. So wait, Jeremy, so I don't know. When you went on this... Um, decluttering did you stop using the dating apps and how did you or did you still use the dating apps uh i was no i wasn't i i didn't really use the dating apps as part of that um but it wasn't like that wasn't i didn't rule them out okay i just happened to be kind of seeing somebody at that point and so i wasn't really like using them that much anyway yeah so 
Yeah. That was, but I think that, I don't know how I'd classify that. I think that would be a very uh, person. Each person would probably make their own call there. Yeah, but I think I think it's good that you guys, you guys, we all talked about like really finding the balance between finding people in the real world and online. And I think you know the bottom line is is like eventually you got to go out there and live in the real world. Totally. I mean, <laughs> actually, one thing I, I realized, or I don't know, realize it because that makes it sound like it's absolutely true, but it seems right for me at least right now is going to your point, Tamiko, about efficiency. Um, doing all the messaging on all the apps, then trying to like do the dates and schedule things. It's a, it's like a lot. It, it takes a lot of time and effort and all that stuff. Right. It some, in some ways like going and being much, I'm, I'm finding it actually more efficient to be off the apps and just go out, be doing things I already like doing in groups of, you know, men and women. And that way, like I can look across the room and see her. I can tell if I'm attracted. I can, you know, like, I don't need the app or whatever. I can just literally look at her. <laughs> if you get off your screen and you get into your life, yeah. you find yourself in communities interacting with your peeps. Putting your attention not on yourself, but on the people out in the world. Yep. And I want to say that I have met a really hot, cool DJ from Brooklyn who was just in town in LA doing a couple gigs. That was like three years ago. We were together a couple of times, but he's still one of my closest friends, and he calls me every now and then. We talk about life and talk about his life. So you just never know. It's really about intention. It yeah. really is. Yeah, I think it is, too. And I think I want to do a whole episode on on how to, how to flirt out there in the real world, because I feel like I'm just learning how to flirt, you know? like when It's really as simple as making eye contact with people sometimes. I've like seen you at sex world. parties. You definitely know how to flirt, but I think it's yeah, the I'm context. Not worried. I'm not worried about this for you. <laughs> I think it's the <laughs> context. Like, what because are you talking about? I, I think you flirted about. with me I think everyone times. in this room is going, what are you talking about? <laughs> you flirted yeah. with yeah. all of us. for our listeners, okay? <laughs> No, oh. I think it's the it's the context that it's new for you. Yeah, so, you haven't been in the dating world in a while. Honestly, if, if I was, yeah, I would be like, what the fuck? Like, I, my husband will literally be like, You're, he doesn't even bring it up anymore, but like, I'm such a shitty texter. Like, I'll literally like text him back like an asshole if you were looking out and in because there's no emojis. It's like <laughs> one sentence. Maybe with a second sentence of like, oh, I meant correct, autocorrect, but it's not really attentive but when I'm with you in person I'm like uh you know it's it's yeah. I'm all about that in intimate like energetic connection in person and I just feel like for me the the one point I want to put in is what's super awesome about social media and I'm a, I'm a young millennial so I'm all about Instagram but with Facebook the I'm thing that, that is cool is the events like that to me has been the most mm-hmm. effective use of Facebook is events because I have gone Every event I've gone to, That's I've true. reconnected yep. with friends. So, um, if anything, to use it as the the community platform, if you can call that, within the social media structures, to then go meet people in the real life world is That's actually a really the, effective. Use. Exactly what what I discovered for myself. Like when I went back, I was like, I don't give a shit about ninety eight percent of Facebook, but I actually find real value in the events in the groups. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'll check in on those. Like, but instead of being on my phone or in there like five times a day, yeah. I will check those things like once a week on mm-hmm. my computer. Mm-hmm. And then I'll get on with my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll see you like, I'll find cool mm-hmm. stuff. Totally. I'll go to it. I'll invite people, like mm-hmm. the thing we're going to on Saturday, mm-hmm. all that stuff, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, like, that's super useful. Yeah, totally. Yeah, so I think. Sex party, you guys are going No, to we're not going to a sex no, party. No, different thing. It's, it's 
totally different. We're going to like a yoga thing. This is like a yoga dance party thing. <laughs> it's like a yoga dance party. All you guys ever do is go to sex parties. <laughs> it's yes. not true. It's a 7.30 a.m. We do party. other things too, Katie. Oh, God. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. So I think Aww. this conversation has been really great. Thank you guys for all your, your coaching getting me back there out there in the dating world. And I think the general consensus is like what we're all left with is like, yes, social media is great, but like get out there, go be with real people, go get out in the real world, kiss, date, fuck, dance, get pregnant at a sex party and go live your life. And we'll see you next Tuesday. Did you just love this episode of Clit Talk? Well, shit, then you better head on over to iTunes and subscribe. But only if you want amazing orgasms. Also, while you're over there, please rate us and leave a review. But again, only if you're open to incredible sex and amazing relationships and world peace and stuff like that. I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, It's very much appreciated and thank you.